Plain Spoken, Episode 4. Welcome back to Plain Spoken, the podcast where we talk about all the issues of life and how to live more quietly and with a greater focus on what really matters. My name is Dean Abbott. I'm the host of this show. If you'd like to find out more about me or connect, uh, you can find me on Twitter at at twitter.com backslash Dean Abbott, or you can just contact me at dean at deanabbott.com. Another way to get in touch with me is by going to the Anchor page, Anchor FM page for this podcast, and leaving me a voice message. You'll hear that a couple of people did that uh, for this episode in particular. It works great and sounds good, and it's an excellent way to get in touch with me, and it's a way to participate in the show. So you'll, I'll be playing a couple of the voice messages I received since I recorded the last episode today. So far, response to this po- podcast has been positive. We've gotten a few hundred listens in the month or so since we started out, so it's going fine. It's not the biggest podcast in the world, obviously, but it's not doing nothing either, okay? So I'm happy with that. I'm happy for what I've gotten. I would ask, however, that you would consider, if you're benefiting from this show, if you would consider passing the word along, either by posting to social media or just telling people in real life. You can do that. You can actually speak to people in real life about things that are on the internet. And so if you would consider doing that to uh, promote the show, help increase our audience, I would appreciate it. This episode is going to be a little bit different from others that uh, you may have heard so far because I've been soliciting questions on Twitter. To, and today, I'm going to answer them. So I want to do these Q&A episodes, I don't know how frequently, maybe uh, maybe every four or five episodes, depending on if the interest is there. But I like to be able to know that I'm speaking directly to concerns that people who are listeners have. And there's no better way to do that than to just open up the floor, so to speak, for questions directly from you. So I will be doing one of these in the future. I have enough questions. I probably got five or six questions uh, for this episode, and I'm only going to probably answer two or three. What I may do is create a bonus episode where I answer the others. I'm going to, the two I'm going to answer are the two that were sent by voice message via Anchor. And I'm going in the future to privilege that way, that means of interacting on Q&A episodes because it just, it works so much better for audio. It sounds better than just having me read your question. And it's a way of getting additional voices into the dialogue. So I'm going to privilege those. If a, a message comes in that way, it has a better chance of being answered getting on the show. That said... I'm going to, I will try to answer other questions other ways. What I've learned in the last few weeks as I've been soliciting these questions is that some ways of getting in touch with me work better than others, for, specifically for questions you want to have answered. 
So the best way is, like I said, through the voice message system. The next best way is to send me a direct message on Twitter or to email me at dean at deanabbott.com. What doesn't work very well is to tweet your question at me, I've realized, because um, my Twitter notifications move so quickly that between weeks your question is is buried and I I can't even go back and find it. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer in an upcoming Q&A episode, I'm happy to do that, uh, but I prefer it to either be direct message to me, email to me, but most of all I prefer it to be done through the voice messaging system on Anchor. This podcast, uh, the, the other bit of housekeeping news is that this podcast is now available in uh, on multiple podcasting platforms. According to Anchor, it is now available on Apple Podcasts, which I guess used to be iTunes. It's available on something called Breaker, which I've never heard of. Uh, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Spotify, on and on. So there's really no reason why you can't listen. Uh, you ought to be able to find me in any one of those places. So that's housekeeping out of the way. Let's go ahead and get into some questions. Our first question is from Mark. Hi, Dean. Thank you for the podcast. It's great. How does one go about being successful in today's modern life while still seeking the quiet life? So much of modern-day success requires us to engage constantly all day, every day, with our social media followings. I want to move away from social media, but it feels like you have to do this in order to succeed nowadays. How do you find a balance or move away? Thank you. Thank you, Mark. It seems to me that this is an interesting question because there are two issues mingled together. The first is the question of success in the quieter life. And the second is that issue of the quieter life and social media. I'm only going to talk about the first one now because I'm pretty much planning on doing an entire episode later on about the quieter life and social media. I get asked about that a lot, and I do have some thoughts to share about that. So I'm going to set that aspect of the question aside. I hope that that is not the main focus of your question, Mark. If it is, Keep listening, and I will get to that in another episode. Instead, what I want to do is talk about success and the quieter life. First, I think to resolve this tension, we have to focus on what success means in our situation. And that definition goes a long way toward determining the quietness of your life. So if your definition of success is the ability to pay your bills every month, well, There are lots of ways that you could do that reliably and consistently without bringing enormous amounts of disquiet into your life. So you could have a career as a school teacher, maybe. Uh, You could have a career as a tradesman. You could have a career as a police officer. You could have a career running a small business of your own. And of course, obviously, in each one of those, each one of those occupations, you're going to have problems that are going to have to be solved. You're going to ha- you're going to have disquiet. I, mean, I guess what I'm saying is you're going to have work in whatever your work is. 
But there are these means of paying your bills which still allow for leisure, stability, and for a sense of meaning. If, however, your understanding of success involves high levels of wealth and fame, your life is going to be less quiet. You are, if your goal is to be at the top, it's going to take longer. It's going to require greater effort. There are going to be more things that you have to cut out of your life in order to be at the pinnacle of whatever field of endeavor you want to be in. And so your definition of success whether it's something, whether your definition of success is sustainability and building a business that's sustainable, having a job that's sustainable, paying your bills, using your leisure time wisely. Well, if that's your definition of success, you can be successful and live more quietly. If you're going to take a definition of success from someplace else that involves really being lauded by other people that involves lots of wealth, you're going to have a less quiet life. You're going to have to make more sacrifices of the very kinds of things that we talk about here that are of of value. One more thing to say on this particular point, and that is that most people do not sit down and really reflect on what it would take for them to feel like their lives had been a success. And so they are constantly casting around inside for some sense that they're doing okay, or they take a vision of success, a definition of success from the broader culture, which is always going to try to sell you a vision of success that gets you to do as much as possible for somebody else. And so without really beginning from a clear plan of what success means and what the quieter life looks like for you, you're going to be lost. So that's the first step. You've got to reflect and make some decisions about what those concepts mean and look like for you. The second point is that One's vision of success and one's vision of the quieter life helps free us from the belief that success is some sort of validation. This is a very prevalent idea that in that personal success, uh, the accumulation of wealth, fame, whatever it is, that this somehow indicates that the person who is successful in that way, has value, and it it doesn't, okay? Every day in our culture, we're sold the idea that success, defined in that way, is a validation of a human being's worth, or that it's the source of that human being's worth, and it's not. Many people who say they desire success actually deeply really want validation, They want the validation that they believe comes with some sort of external, economic, or cultural success. 
And that's really what they are pursuing. They're, if they could get that validation without doing whatever it is that they feel they need to do to be successful, they would not do what it is they are doing because the goal is not to do the work and to create something they're proud of, but rather to get validation. And so if they could just skip to getting the validation, they would do that. So to pursue success in the quieter life fundamentally means separating these things. It means separating our sense of success from our need for validation. If we want to pursue success in the quieter life, we've got to find our validation somewhere other than in the success or failure of our projects. So if we want to pursue a quieter life, that means we have to be able to find our validation someplace less visible. So we find our validation in family and friends, uh, in faith, in spiritual practice, in learning or community. When we do this, we find that we are less invested in those more external measures of success, and our emotions are not hitched to the ups and downs of our endeavors, whatever they are. And that right there allows us a quieter life because our inner world is built upon a foundation that does not undulate, that does not move up and down the way the vagaries of success do. All right, our second question is from Jake. Hey, Dean, this is Jake. I appreciate your first three episodes a great deal. And I do have a question for your Q&A if you have not recorded that yet. But the question is, what is the method you use to maintain a quiet life when you have a stressful career? Thank you very much. Look forward to hearing from you. So you can see, related question. And I think the answer is related as well. I think that the question of how to maintain a quieter life in the midst of a stressful career requires us to understand what our work is about. So whatever our work is, it must ultimately serve us rather than our serving it. If we find that there's something in our careers or in our work that is making life more difficult, more stressful, more unpleasant than it otherwise would be if we worked elsewhere or we did something else or whatever it is, then maybe our careers are not serving us. So let's make quickly a distinction between a career and work. Everybody has to work because life demands it, whether that's making yourself coffee in the morning, and that's all you do during the day, you still have work to do because Work is motivated by internal, physical, or psychological needs. So we have to eat. That means we have to grow something. And so work is a, a natural aspect of the world that simply impinges upon us by the nature of our needs. But a career is something else. A career you can either have or not have. 
A career is a kind of social construction, really, where you do the same kind of work over and over and over long enough that people recognize you for that. So you can work and not have a career, or you can really set out to try to have a career. So this is actually an important distinction because it allows a kind of freedom. Is that if your career is really damaging the overall value or the overall joy of your life, and certainly if it's damaging something like your health or your family relationships, the first step is to realize you don't have to have it. You probably have to work, but you don't have to have a career. And um, that's not me saying, you know, don't have a career, and it's not, and I'm not saying nobody should have a career. But what I am saying is that if we labor under the illusion that a career is necessary, then we will never really feel the freedom to make the kinds of adjustments that are necessary sometimes, make the kinds of career adjustments that are necessary to live a quieter life. And so I think the first step is to recognize freedom to make changes within whatever we're thinking of as our career in order to enhance other parts of our lives and let those things be quieter and more well-ordered. One of the problems is that we live in a culture that encourages us to see career as a kind of ultimate value. And because that is so relentlessly put forward to us, that career is the, the, the number one thing people should have in mind when they make decisions, whether they move far away from their parents, how many children they have, should they get married, when they should get married, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Because our culture so relentlessly pushes careerism, well, it's easy to think that we have to have one. We have, it's easy to think that a career is as natural as work. And if so long as we believe that cultural message, we're going to have a hard time breaking free. A career oftentimes also means doing more work than necessary. In every organization that I've ever been a part of work-wise, it's been clear that the way to have a career, if by career we mean moving up the ladder, is to be the person who does the most for the organization while really expecting uh, no particular return. And so, you know, I've worked in many places where the way to move up uh, is to give all of your time to your employer while only being paid for part of it. Years ago, I worked someplace where my boss was always angry at me because I wouldn't work every evening. And uh, obviously, that didn't last long. But it, had I worked every evening and had no social life, had no downtime, I might have had a better career. But that is a typical, a typical scenario. So I think if you want to manage your career in a way that allows for a quieter life, 
you're going to have to cut out unnecessary work. This is one of the reasons why I was saying that it's not always desirable to be at the top. Sure, there are obvious rewards to being at the top, but there are also many costs. And those costs have to be borne usually at the front end when you're a nobody. All right. And so there are costs both at the front end and I'm sure there are costs later on if you make it to the top. And so releasing that desire to make it to the top, to have the most stellar career, the most impressive career, allows you freedom to cut out what you can and to build a boundary around what what kind of work you will do and how much you will do it. So finally, I think it's necessary to focus on mission rather than on career. Asking yourself what it is that your career is supposed to accomplish in the first place helps distill where your focus should be. So I happen to know what Jake does for a living, and he's in a profession that helps a lot of people. So, but I'm also sure that he's in a, in a job, like many of you probably are, that requires a lot of additional work uh, that's not directly related to helping anybody uh, except for some bureaucracy somewhere. So you can see that your mission is to serve the people you're serving. And so once you focus on that mission, maybe there are ways then to be able to start cutting away at what really doesn't matter. And maybe that can be delegated, or maybe it can be a not done at all. But you will never be able to see what needs to be done and what doesn't need to be done so long as you are in thrall to the idea of career and certainly to the idea that the people running your organization know best and have some say over how you spend your time, what your time is worth, and what you ought to do with it. And so I think that all of these ideas work together. So let me recap. So managing a career is, number one, you've got to know what success is for you. You've got to know what level of success that you are aiming for. Are you trying to be at the top? And if so, why? What, what benefit, if it is true that you want a quieter life, what benefit do you think would make your life quieter that you can only get at the top? Or is it possible that by pers- trying to be at the top, trying to have the most stellar career possible, you might be giving up the kind of life that you really want. I also think you've got to let go of this idea that the success of your career has anything to do whatsoever with validating your worth as a person, because it doesn't. And that's really related to an understanding or a vision of the world in which you really see so much, or at least I really see so much, of human endeavor as vanity and folly. Uh, 
And so, I mean, what's the point of being being at the pinnacle of a career in, I don't know, uh, say, selling action figures? Okay, or let's imagine that you're in the industry where your whole industry is devoted to manufacturing, designing and having manufactured tiny, cheap toys that go in fast food meals for kids. Well, okay, so you, you're, you've, you've achieved the pinnacle of success in that. You are the most well-known, most well-paid junk toy manufacturer in the world, designer, manufacturer. You are the man when it comes to worthless plastic junk. Does that really validate your existence, uh, your worth as a person that you have contributed to the landfill? And that's all. And so this is what I mean when I say that you can pursue and, and even achieve the highest levels of success, quote unquote, and still end up having achieved your success in an area that simply doesn't matter. And so the more you let go of this idea that being successful somehow says something about you and your value, the more free you are to let go of your career demands and to weigh out what really matters and what you ought to be doing. And finally, let's focus on our mission more than on our career. Part of having a career, of course, is navigating office politics and et cetera, et cetera. And maybe if you stay focused on the core mission, what you're supposed to be doing anyway, either one, you won't have to be stressed out about um, navigating office politics and that kind of craziness, or you will know exactly on what values you are engaging those issues to begin with. And all of that, I think, will lead you to a quieter life. So that's it for this episode of Plain Spoken. Once again, I hope you'll check me out on Twitter, and I would appreciate it if you consider supporting me on Patreon. You can just go to patreon.com, search for Dean Abbott, and you'll find me there. Until next time, I hope this helps.